You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, hello. This is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast. I am so glad you're here, and you should be glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking, we're going to talk more about the names of God. This study has been so encouraging to me um, because I get to see God in a different level. I get to call him by the names. You know, sometimes I'm not sure I'm pronouncing the names correctly, but I'm glad that he hears me and he sees me. We're going to get into some of that today. But this is Lee. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, you are missing out. We got a couple guests that are scheduled to be coming on pretty soon, so that's going to be amazing. There's a back catalog uh, of different episodes you can watch to catch up. If you haven't seen part one of um, the names of God, then I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, but today, we are going to go even further into the names of God so that we can see more about his character. We can see how he reveals himself to people. And we see in the certain situations in which God reveals himself. I think it's encouraging to see how how. Um, God will reveal himself in the middle of different situations. So if you haven't seen, um, well, I I don't want to say if you haven't seen God lately. Uh, I want to say when you are walking out this life and you face various situations, God can reveal himself to you in in a new way, in a way you've never seen before. Um, I was doing this study. I'm getting into one of my lessons, but I was doing this study and um, we see how God reveals himself to people progressively throughout their life or throughout um, their journey. So when you are experiencing different things, it allows you to see God in a different way. So don't back away from from stepping out. Don't back away from uh, walking out on faith because you'll see God as never before. And I'm starting already. <laughs> let me let me calm down. Let me settle down and, and get back into what we're talking about today. So subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social, right? Uh, we're on TikTok. We're on Instagram and Facebook as well. And every day we're posting what we're learning in Bible reading. So I'm going through the Bible every day and Monday through Friday, I'm posting, I'm trying to take Sabbath on on the weekends, but Monday through Friday, I'm posting what we're reading. We just did one in numbers today. Uh, It's just good stuff. Continue to follow along with us and and see what God is saying through us, um, to us through his scriptures. All right. So let's dive into today's content. All right. So um, we talked about the, why is this important? First of all, let me, let me, let me back up so I can speed up. Why is this important? God reveals himself to his people. Unlike many other gods, God's desire is to be known, right? So in God's desire to be known, he reveals himself in scripture in multiple different ways. 
Uh, we're going to see this. So I want to, I want to highlight it. Uh, in the beginning, God shows us his name L, which is the mighty one or the prominent one, right? And many of the ones we're going to look at today are compound names, right? So he's L, he's the mighty God. And then there's this other aspect in which he demonstrates his mightiness. Okay, so let's let's get right into it. So the first one we're going to talk about. Um, also, um, the first one we're going to talk about is a compound name, and I and I like this. I like this compound name because it speaks to uh, the name is Yahweh Elohim. Okay, Yahweh. Elohim. Now, where is this found in scripture? We can see this in Genesis chapter two, verse four. We see Yahweh Elohim. And uh, let's see if I can pull it up on my on my um, on my book here. Tablet. Come on. Come on. <clears throat> Yahweh Elohim. Go to my Bible. And the first passage we're going to look at is Genesis 2-4. So let's look at Gen 2-4. And we see here, um, share my screen with you. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth which were created in the day that the Lord God made the heaven and the earth. I like when he started revealing himself in Genesis, but we see, and we talked about this last time, in your English Bible, where you see um, capital L-O-R-D, right? So capital L-O-R-D and God. So capital L-O-R-D is Yahweh. So Yahweh God or Lord God. I like how he combines the two, um, showing that... Um, he is Yahweh, creator, ruler um, of all gods, right? So he's a mighty God. So it's kind of the, the personal name and generic name, which gives us this idea of the Lord of Lords. He's the God of gods, right? Um, as I was going through, let me come back to me. As I was going through, I'm um, teaching an Old Testament, a New Testament survey class, and we're learning about mythology and the different Roman gods and stuff. But regardless of any other God you hear of, regardless of any other pagan religion or any other deity that would acknowledge or call themselves God, he's like, listen, the Lord God, the God of gods, the Lord of lords is the one that created the heaven and the earth as a Christian. As a believer, you can be confident that your God is the chief God. He's the Lord of Lord and the gods of God. So when these other deities or these other things come up against you, you can be like, whoa, 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 whoa. hey, hey. <laughs> um, I serve the Lord God. He's the Lord of Lords and everything must bow to the God of gods, the Lord of Lords. He reveals himself as Jehovah, or as Yahweh Elohim. The next one, oh man. Now watch this. This is so good. Let's go to Jeremiah. Let's go in our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 23. 
Jeremiah 23, 6. Now, this is for, <clears throat> this is for the people like me that, that don't always get it right. Okay. This is for the people that realize that they are not perfect, realize they do not always get it right. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 3. It says, um, I mean, 23, verse 6. It says, in the days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The Lord is our righteousness. Um, that word Lord is our righteousness is the compound word uh, Yahweh Tishkenu or Jehovah Tishkenu. So God identifies himself as your righteousness. Now, this is reminiscent to what we learned, I believe, last week. Yahweh Mekadesh or uh, Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. But this is the Lord, your righteousness. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that our righteousness is as filthy rags. So I am not dependent on my righteousness or my good works to get me into heaven. I have to totally depend on the righteousness of God, right? He is the Lord, my righteousness, or the Lord, our righteousness. And once we realize that, now, it doesn't give us a license to sin. Let me say that. Hey, well, the Lord's my righteousness. I can do whatever I want. No, that's not what we're teaching here. But we're teaching that our righteousness is insufficient to um, to get us into heaven, to make us right with God. Our righteousness is insufficient because we are imperfect. And God's holiness demands a perfect sacrifice, demands perfection. And, um, you know, it's kind of like with the, with the lady, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to make the cricket, 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 cricket. I was trying to make the cricket sound. Because all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it is God's righteousness that sanctifies us. So we see this in the Old Testament. And just so that, um, just so that we don't get it twisted, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21 reiterates this for us in the New Testament, just in case. We didn't get it. Sometimes it's like the Old Testament. I don't read the Old Testament. I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, um, well, let's start at 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Watch this, 21. For our sake, he... Um, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. And this is the story of the gospel. This is what makes it all work. This is the good news. The good news is that because I have sinned, because I am not righteous, God took 
him who knew no sin, God took Jesus, his only begotten son, who knew no sin, who for, who was perfect, right? Who could have thrown stones, who could only always throw stones He's because he's perfect. He's God. It took him who knew no sin to, uh, so that in him, wait, for our sake, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, right? So there is this exchange. There is a holy God and a sinful man. And God says, hey, you know what? I'm going to take my righteousness and put it on you. And I'm going to take your sin and put it on me. And God's going to punish me for your sin. And God's going to give you righteousness because it was the righteousness from me. And when we think about that and understand all that God did for us, this should draw us close to him. This is why this name of God is so important to me, because I realize I'm not perfect. Right before I got on the call, right when I woke up this morning, I did something, right? Before we start recording the podcast, there may have been a thought that's gone through our mind or, hey, in traffic, somebody cut me off and, you know, my mind didn't automatically go to bless the Lord on my soul. <laughs> and all that's within me, bless his holy name, right? Sometimes there's greed, there's anger, there's there's fear, whatever it is, Um. That that is not like Christ, you know. If every day we're not living one hundred percent, evidencing the fruit of the Spirit, right? Then we need God's righteousness to cover us. And God says, "Don't worry, I became sin so that you can be righteous." Jehovah Tishkanish or Yahweh Sidkenu, um, the Lord is our righteousness. If you're trying to maintain your own righteousness and carry your own righteousness, it is too heavy for you. Exchange it with God's righteousness and hold on to him. Come on, somebody. Right? So Yahweh Sid Canoe or Jehovah Sid Canoe. The, uh, the next one I want to look at is um, and this is from my buddy, my good old buddy, Dave. Can I call him my buddy, Dave? This is in, and many of us know this one, so I'm not going to stay on it too long. I just want to emphasize it a little bit. Um, ever since I was a baby, little baby, little baby, G, little baby, Jesus, little baby Lee, right? Little baby Lee learned uh, Psalms 23, and it says, the Lord is my shepherd, right? The Lord is my shepherd, Yahweh Rohi, Rohi, sorry, Jehovah Rohi, Yahweh Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd protects the sheep, he feeds the sheep, he sustains the sheep. Actually, let's look at what a shepherd does. He tells us in, in, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So he takes care of my needs. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness, not for my name's sake, not because I'm all that good, for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. So he protects me from evil. He gives me reasons not to fear. 
his rod and his staff, they comfort me, right? I know there's protection. I know that the rod is there. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wait a minute. He provides provision for me even when those are working against me? Okay, okay. He anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over, right? I have been blessed and anointed. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Listen, God and, and, and David saw this um, characteristic of God. He saw that God was doing the work of a shepherd. He's providing. He's protecting. He is He's comforting. He's, he's giving peace, right? So God reminds us that I am your shepherd. Hey, in this world full of wolves, I am your shepherd. In this world full of those that would seek to harm you or to draw you away, hey, I am the God that's here to lead you, right? And comfort you and provide you with goodness and mercy. Come on, somebody. You know, I've heard one of the things I like about uh, doing this podcast or the Bible in real life in general is things that we may have heard all our lives. I want us to take it a little step deeper. Let's go further into the analogy. Let's go further into who God said he is. He said he's my shepherd, right? And I am his sheep. His sheep know his voice. Come on, somebody. All right, let's let's go further. Now, Ezekiel, now watch this. Now, uh, Ezekiel chapter uh, 48. Ezekiel chapter 48 is interesting because it, um, let's see, 48, 35, because it's a long chapter. So 48, 35. Now, here is what makes this such a good lesson. Um, Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35, it says, it's the last, it's the last verse in the last chapter of Ezekiel before we go to Daniel. It says, the circumference of the city shall be 18,000 cubits and the name of the city from that time on shall be the Lord is there. Okay. The, the. The name that God reveals here is the Lord is there. Now, what does this mean and why is this important? When you read through Ezekiel, um, earlier when judgment was coming and different things were coming um, to, um, to the people, I believe Ezekiel 10, Ezekiel 8, 9, 10, it says the, the presence of God left. The temple, the presence of God left because people were disobedient. They walked away, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And judgment was coming, right? So they experienced judgment, everything when God's presence wasn't there. But at the very end, God explains how God's people, uh, the Israelites were going to be restored, that they will be brought back into the land, brought back into the city, restored to their protection. And it says, and the city will be called God is there. God reveals himself as one that will be with us, that one will be 
there. And I know sometimes we don't feel like he's there, but his name is Yahweh Shammah. The Lord is there. Um, there is a time when we don't always feel his presence or sense his presence. And this is when I want you to remember that Jehovah Shammah, that Yahweh Shammah, the Lord is there. Even when I don't feel it, I can say, Lord, today I am going through this situation and and I don't sense your presence. I feel like I am by myself. It, it appears that you are not talking in this moment, but you call yourself in your word, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. So I know you're here with me. I know you hear me. I know you're protecting me. You are God and you're protecting me. I know you're my shepherd. I know you're leading, even though I don't see what's going on. And I know you are here with me in the midst of this situation. The Bible says, if I ascend to heaven, God is there. If I descend to hell, God is there, meaning God is ever present. There is not a place you can be where God's presence. Let me make sure I'm saying this correct. When I go through hell, so bad situation, show God. Yeah, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. So God is saying there is no place where I am not. Right. You cannot escape the hand and the eye of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Next, um, Yahweh Saboth, right? Yahweh Saboth. Now, now, uh, unfortunately, I am not a Hebrew scholar in that my pronunciation is always accurate, right? So I encourage you to go back and listen to the correct pronunciation. But um, Yahweh Saboth, right, <laughs> is how we're gonna we're gonna do it. And this here. We see this in, um, this is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts. And here is what's interesting about this. The Lord of hosts. Now we see it in Isaiah, right? This one is uh, one from Isaiah chapter one, verses 24, right? So we could go there if we need to. Um, uh, let's pull it up. Isaiah 1, 24, therefore the Lord declares the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, ah, and I will get relief from my enemies and avenge myself of my foes, right? So the Lord of hosts, what are hosts? Now, when you study scripture, you see that hosts are used many times to refer to a, a host, a large horde, a large group of things, right? Sometimes it refers to the hosts of heaven, which refers to the angels, right? So he's the Lord of all of the angels, fallen or still in right standing, God is Lord of the host. There is nothing that is outside of God's control. He's the Lord of the host. When I say falling angel, I'm talking about devils, demons, spirits, etc. He is God and maintains control over the whole world. 
host also there there's a a point where they look over and they see the host of the Midianites or the host of enemies right and these are men right the host of Israel these are men so he is the lord over multitudes whether it's a host of heavenly beings or a host of earthly beings he is the lord of hosts whether it's the Jews, he's the Lord of hosts. Whether he's the, they're Gentiles, whether it's the rich, whether it's the poor, regardless, God is Lord of all the people. Why can this be encouraging? So sometimes you may feel like there are board members, <laughs> there's a population, there is a political party, I don't know. There is, there are those that are opposed to what God wants and what God is doing. Understand this, understand this. The God you serve reveals himself as Yahweh Sabohath or Jehovah Sabohath. He is the Lord of hosts. He's the mighty one of Israel. There is no group. No, you know, sometimes we know that God is the God of, he can control individuals. He's also saying that I don't care if they gather together and are a multitude. We saw this in Tower of Babel. Hey, we got to go down because they have come together. There's a host of them. They've come together and they're doing these things. He's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hey, we can still manage this situation, whether it's individuals or hosts, because we, because I am the Lord of host i'm gonna shout in my chair <laughs> i'm gonna shout in my seat right so um we see god showing himself mighty showing himself strong you know what let's go to uh there's a man there's just so many there's just so many you know i want to point out this book that i've been looking through um this book the uh experience the power of god's names tony evans did this one and I've seen a couple other ones where they go through names of God, the compound names of God, right? Um, there's just, I mean, I would have to do five more episodes of, of the Bible in real life, but do the Google search. Like this is, we are an amazing generation. Do the Google search and say names of God. And when you go through, you'll see more and more and more because God desires to be known by his people. And he desires people to know the might, the height, the breadth of who he is. So um, God reveals himself as the Lord of hosts. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, this one I thought was good. Um, I think all of them were good because God is good. You see what I did there? Okay. Um, Deuteronomy 7, 9. Watch this. Let's go to it. 7, 9. Now, <clears throat> As I'm going through the New Testament, um, uh, going through the Old Testament, well, I'm going through the whole Bible. So if you're not following us on social media, um, Bible in Real Life on Facebook or TikTok or or Facebook, Instagram, um, you we're going through pretty much through the whole Bible. Right now, we're still in the law. We're still in the, the Torah, the first five books, but we're going to continue through. All right. So make sure you're following us there to kind of get that daily dose of God's goodness. Come on, somebody. All right. So um, let's go. 
Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God. That's the word we're looking at. El Emuna. El Emuna. All right. Sorry if I'm, dis- if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. El Emuna, which is the faithful God. What does he say? He said, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Right? He said, listen, I am faithful and will be faithful for thousands of generations. Right? That's just not the reality with people. Right. I mean, and I know maybe this is just me. Maybe just my life has been wrong, but there's some people that can stick with you for a couple years, a couple days, sometime, um, at your whole family, right? My whole life. There's some people, Hey, my day ones, right? 10 toes down, all that day ones. But God says, listen, I am a faithful God to generations. A thousand generations, which means not only was I faithful, a faithful God to your parents, your parents' parents, your parents' parents' parents. Listen, you can you can pull, what is it, Ancestry? You can go to Ancestry.com. Look all the way back as far as you can get, right? You can be like, oh, man, I go all the way back to Adam. <laughs> which we do, but you know, I'm looking at my ancestry and we see that, man, you have been faithful for all these years. Lord, I thank you. And be a, a God that's faithful for thousands of years. There is no shadow of changing like 2020, um, and 2020. So 2020 people, Oh Lord, it didn't change. Oh, what are we going to do? You know, I can't make it. Then we, we got to 2021. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, God's pulling us out. He's, he's helping us. He's keeping us. He's sustaining us. He's being faithful to his word in 2021. God is still provide. Whoa. 2022. Whoa. God is still faithful. You know what that means? I can trust him. And you know why I tell my children, you know why I tell my daughters, listen, you can trust God because he is faithful. He has been faithful to me. And my mama said, and my daddy said that he had been faithful to them. And when I talked to my grandma, my grandma said that she had been, he had been faithful to her. Listen, God is a faithful God. He says it. I am a faithful God. The one who loves you and keeps the oath. The Lord has brought you out of the mighty hand of Pharaoh. Listen, he says, I am faithful. So when I can't trust anybody, when I feel like there is nobody I can trust, I say, you know what, God, you sometimes, you know, it's back against the wall. It's like me and Jesus. I got my pistol. I'm, oh, my goodness. I'm military. Sorry. I grabbed my pistol when I was doing my right. But you can see it if you're watching the, the YouTube version of the podcast. But God has been faithful to you and he continues to be faithful. He says, I am El El Muna. Deuteronomy 7, 9. I am the faithful 
God. Okay. Um, now there is there is another that has you know Psalms has a lot of these. Um, and let's look at Psalms chapter um, sixty two. You know, I want to show you some of the ones that aren't as popular or people aren't as familiar with. So let's go to Psalm 62, verse 8. Psalm 62, verse 8. Um, this one, we may have heard the English, but didn't really know the, the Hebrew behind it. So let's go to Psalm 62, verse 6. It says, um, wait, hold on. Is it 6 or 7? It's 8. Okay. Um, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Elohim Mahes Lanu. Elohim Mahes Mahase. Right? Elohim Mahas, God, our refuge. You know, when we were sheltering in place, right? Um, you know, the 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 news and everything was saying, hey, you know, lock yourself in your house, blah, blah, blah. And and there were many of us, many people that that began to fear. But I began to see these passages of scripture, and this is why I'm sharing these names of God. Uh, verse eight says, well, verse seven says, Oh God, rest my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. Verse eight, oh people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. When we couldn't go out and we were sheltering in place, we had to trust that God was our refuge, able to protect us in the middle of, of all these things that were going on. And I know 2020 was a tough year. 2021 was a tough year for many people. And many people now may still be suffering the effects of the outside world. But God is a refuge. You can, you can go inside him. Does that make sense? Like you can shelter in him. You can take your mind and say, you know what? I will put my mind on Christ because he is a refuge. My salvation is secure because he is a refuge. He is a strong and mighty place, an impenetrable place where God can protect my mind. He can protect my body. He can protect my heart. He can protect my soul. And should he decide to take me to glory, I know my soul has been secured. Amen. Oh, boy. What? When you know the word, right? I sound like, I, the you know, the older I get, the more I sound like these old, old preachers. You know, when you know that you know that you know the word, you can say, I will not be shaken. I will be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because what? He is my refuge, a very present help in the time 
of trouble. So I can call on Elohim Mahas, the Lord, my refuge, because he is a refuge for us. You know, let's go back. Let's go in Genesis. Genesis 16. You know, I remember there was a time, you know, they talk about deconstruction and all this and, you know, people challenging their faith and or, you know, uh, turning away from God or not understanding. I can remember a time in my life and I'm going to be transparent with you because, you know, sometimes you see a person that has gone through some things and you say, oh, man, this person has never doubted or never feared or never blah, blah, blah. And I remember when I first read through the Bible and one of the well, one of the earlier times when I read through the Bible. I begin to see and I say, the Bible's messy. Like, who's the good guy in this situation? You know what I'm saying? You know, it's it's you know, when you watch a TV show, you you know the good guy and the bad guy. Okay, this is the bad guy, don't be like this person. Hey, this is the good guy, be like this person, right? So when I'm looking in scripture, I saw, I was like, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? I don't really know. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not as clear. Hey, is this instruction? Is this just kind of telling what happens? Blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a story in Genesis where um, God tells Abraham, Abraham, you're going to have a child. Um, and he's, he told Abraham at 75, hey, you're going to have a child. Abraham said, I'm old. Only thing's going to happen. My wife old. Only thing's going to happen. God said, you're going to have a child. Cool. 10 years go by, still no child. 20 years go by, still no child. Okay. So Sarah says, Hagar, um, why don't you go, you know, sleep with sleep with Abram and have the baby. And then this I'll raise a child. This will be the child. You be a surrogate mother, essentially. And this will be my child because now we have a child, right? So Hagar is like, yes, ma'am. So she goes and um, has the baby with Abraham. And then Sarah's like, ah, oh, this woman and her child, Hagar, you got to go. You got to go. You're looking at me all crazy because I ain't had no children. Ain't had no. Because I don't have a child, right? And you have a child and Abraham's loving all on your child and all this. Little baby Ishmael, right? You know, Abraham, that's it. Abraham, Hagar has to go. And I'm like, well, so now Father Abraham. And Abraham's like, hey, Sarah, that's your, that's your girl. Um, whatever. You know, do what you want to do with it. That's your maiden. And I'm like, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Like, Abraham, you supposed to do that? Sarah, why are you tripping? You brought this up. Hagar was just being obedient. She's a slave, blah, blah, blah. Messy. But then I see a character in the story that's always consistent. That's always the good guy, right? So let's go to... Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. Is that a good setup or what? Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. He says, so uh, Abraham has just kicked out Hagar. Um, Sarah just kicked out Hagar. Hey, get your child. You got to go. Verse 13. So this is Hagar. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. You know what? Should I go up a little higher? Um, okay. Hagar said, get out of here. You know, verse four and went on Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she conceived, he looked at contempt on the mistress and Sarah said, Abraham made the wrong, made the wrong done to me, be unto you, give me my servant to embrace, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Sarah told her to get out. 
Verse seven, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. She sprang on the way of Sir, verse eight. And he said, Hagar, son of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of, of man, his hand, hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. He shall dwell over against all kinsmen. Verse 13. Watch this. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly, I have seen him who looks after me. Man. She said, you are a God of seeing. That name is El Roi. You are a God who sees me you sees you sees you see every situation you see the circumstance you didn't just start seeing the situation when i got in trouble you saw all the things that worked up to this decision and you see the aftermath of this decision god is saying to hagar i see what happened and some of us feel like Things have been done to you. Things have been done wrong. Hey, that's not fair how I'm treated. It wasn't my fault. Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And God says, I am El Roi. I am the God who sees. God is the good God. He is the good person in the Bible. I see you. And then, isn't that good? So when I am faced with a situation and it's like, how did I get here? I'm trying to do what God told me to do. And God's like, I see you. And because I see you, I'm the one that will comfort you. I will provide for you. You are going to have this son. This son's going to be blessed. This son, um, uh, and I'll call his name Ishmael because I've listened to your crying. How we make it today is understanding that God sees us. We serve a God who sees. He is El Roi. When I can't see my way sometimes, I say, Lord, I can't see my way. But I serve El Roi. I serve a God who sees. So you can see for me. And because you're my shepherd, you can direct me. Because you're my righteousness, you are able to uphold me when I fall. And because you are the Lord of all men and all angels, you can protect and you can provide even um, against a mighty group of people. Lord, because you are faithful, I can count on you each and every day. Because you are Yahweh Sabbath, the Lord of hosts, I can trust you. And regardless of whether I see you or not, I know that you see me. And because you are Yahweh Shama, you are the Lord who is there. Hallelujah. The confidence that I have in you rests on the name Yahweh Elohim. You are the Lord of Lords. There is nothing outside of your control. I will depend on you. 
because you are faithful. And see how when you know who God is, you don't let certain things get to you because I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that. Um, and he's able to keep me against that day. This has been Bible in Real Life Podcast. Hopefully you've been encouraged. Hopefully you have seen God more clearly and are encouraged to go and study the names of God so that you can call on him in time of need and you can know him more. The more I get to know about God, the more my relationship grows with him, the more I understand who he is and I'm not shaken. I have been anchored in his everlasting hands. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, El Elohim in Psalms 90 says he's the everlasting God. He's not going to change. I can. The God that you trust in is from everlasting to everlasting. El Olam. Psalms 90 verse 1 to 3. He's without beginning and without end. He's the Lord who is there. I see how it all intertwines. This is so good. But I got to get out of here. Hey, I am looking forward to seeing you next week when we continue. Either I'm, I'm debating whether or not I'm continuing going to Jesus and the Holy Spirit at this time, or we'll push it back toward the end as we're getting closer to the spring season. Perhaps I'm going to start turning the conversation toward um, maybe Easter or various uh, aspects of that. So stay tuned to find out what direction we go in. But either way, this is the Bible in real life. Stay connected, follow us, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. All right. Have a good day. My name is Lee Fuller and you, yes, you are listening to the Bible in real life podcast. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.